listening to The Journey Podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of South Crest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. He could absolutely not believe it. Like, couldn't believe it at all. I mean, all of us have have maybe been guilty of or seen people, we like, so we, we've either seen ourselves or seen other people do it, like where they live two-faced, hypocritical lives, like turned, like kind of backsliding away from God. But he could not believe what he saw really one of his best friends doing. He couldn't believe it. Paul was a man that had been really grown up a very radical Jewish religious person, but had been transformed by the goodness and grace of God in Jesus Christ. And one of his buddies, like a fellow Christian, feller, feller, a fellow person who shared the gospel was a guy named Peter. And Peter had been just an ordinary guy, but Jesus had asked him to follow him. And in following Jesus and seeing all that Jesus did, Peter also was transformed by the gospel. But there came a moment where Paul goes, Peter, what are you doing? Like, what is wrong with you? It's a really, it's a pretty crazy story, actually. If you have your Bible, turn to Galatians. We're going to be in chapter 2 here in a second. Galatians chapter 2. Um, I mean, again, this story is, is pretty interesting. See, both, I'm having trouble finding Galatians. <laughs> both Peter and Paul had seen the goodness of Jesus and knew that a person could be saved Meaning um, they could know God through faith in Christ. And maybe another way to say it, so that a person could be justified, which that's kind of a big Bible word that really means um, where God looks at you and declares you as innocent and right. Because what he does is he puts the righteousness of Jesus on you. He credits it to you. So he looks at you as though you lived the life that Jesus lived. He, He gives you that credit. So to be justified is to be really made into a right relationship with God where he not just forgives your sins, but he also places his goodness, his righteousness on you so you can have an incredible, perfect relationship with him. So Peter and Paul both came to a point of realizing that a person is saved through, through faith in Christ. But something happened that really, really frustrated Paul. Now, I'm going to need a couple volunteers, if you guys don't mind. Um, let's, I want key one to be Peter. You'd be a good Peter. Come on up here, bro. I don't mean anything by that, but uh, let me see here. And then I need, like, uh, so, okay, Peter, where's your sign here? Here's your sign. So, there's Peter. And then we also have uh, some Gentiles. Okay, so real quick, what is a Gentile? Someone, Huh? A normal person. Someone who's not a Jew. Yeah. So and if you in this room, uh, probably all of us are like uh, looking at it from the Bible. Like, all of us are, are Gentiles, unless maybe I've, I haven't met you and I don't realize that you are actually like by blood a Jew. Um, so anyways, most of us in this room are Gentiles, probably all of us. And I need a few volunteers to be some uh, Christian Gentiles. Let's just go. I uh, see Katie and Abby and uh, Andrew and uh, Kate. Come on up here. Lane, I, Lane, I didn't mean to skip you, bro. Come on up. <laughs> huh? You like those Gentiles I picked? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. So Gentiles, I'm going to give you this real quick. I thought of this about 
five minutes ago, so hopefully I don't butcher this and make it really confusing. I was like, Julia, go get some poster board, please. Um, I was my Gentiles. And uh, then we also have this other group, uh, Halos Too Tight, okay? So um, I don't mean to judge anybody. So, um, uh, some of y'all. Um, can I get a couple volunteers? A couple volunteers? Uh, I got one, two. I don't want to do all guys. One, two, three. Otto, come on up. All right, I got my Halos Too Tight. Y'all come on up. Give it a hand. Give a hand to our volunteers real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So, thank you, Miss Autumn. Hey, what's your name, bro? I don't know if I've met you yet. Matt. Matt, have I met you before? No. Well, hey, nice to meet you. <laughs> oh, man, what a brave guy. <laughs> um, so, it, by the way, if you, look, you can find this story in uh, what I'm about to describe in, like, at kind of the end of chapter 2, verses 11 through, um, through 14, somewhere in there. So, Remember, Peter and Paul understood that it was faith in Christ that, that saved a person, that justified a person. So here's Peter. So um, remember, he, Peter was a, starts with a J, rhymes with pew. He was a Jew, okay? And <clears throat> these over here are Gentiles. Well, because, here's what was really cool. Because of Jesus, um, the, the Gentiles were, were getting saved too because they were placing their faith in Jesus, right? Now, historically, Jews, I should have put in parentheses Jew on here, but Jews and Gentiles, the Jews wouldn't hang out with Gentiles because the Gentiles were seen as dirty sinners because they did not have the Torah. They did not have the law, okay? So it was like, ooh, gross, they're dirty, they're sinful. I'm a Jew, I'm not going to eat with them. I'm not going to hang out with them. I'm not going to be around them because they, they, they quite literally thought that if they just even hung around Jews and were close to them, this seems maybe a little foreign to us, but that quite literally, in a, in a real sense, that their dirtiness, their sinfulness would rub off on them. And they even had different ceremonial laws, like of, so because the, the Gentiles don't wash their hands a certain way or whatever, like that they're, they're filthy. So that meant that Jews did not eat with Gentiles. Are you tracking with me? Because if they did, they might, what, get what? Dirty and dirty meaning what? Sinful, yes. Okay. Well, because of the cross, I haven't forgotten about y'all. Hang in there. Matt? Okay. Um, <laughs> because, because of the cross and what Jesus proclaimed that we're all what? Sinful, right? Um, and that sin is not just like this outward thing, but it's actually inside of us, but it can be forgiven through the blood of Jesus, through what he did on the cross. Because of the cross, because of Jesus, what began to happen in, in the first century with with the Jews, is that they came to Christ and Gentiles came to Christ. They began to realize, come this way, please, my young Peter, um, key ones over here. They began to realize, hey, wait, we can hang out. We can be around each other because the cross makes us clean. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? So that so the Peter and the Jews weren't keeping their distance because it was like, hey, we realize that like, it's Jesus that makes us clean. And so whether y'all are following all the same quote, rules or not, man, if you got faith in Christ, we have something in common, and, and Jesus is what makes us clean, right? Everybody's with me so far. Okay, so if you look in chapter 2, I'm kind of telling you the story, hoping to make it clear. What happened? There was this group um, that you could say they're, they're too tight. What does that mean? Halo's too tight means they take themselves a little bit too seriously, probably, um, and focus a lot on the, the rules of the Bible. Does that make sense? Like of all the laws. And I'm kind of even being generous there. Really, they, they believed that if you, if you, these were people that had said they had placed their faith in Christ, but they were saying, if you don't also do some of these rules, 
then you're not really a Christian. Then, excuse me, then you're not really clean. You're not really forgiven. So again, that's why the whole halo is too tight. And so one of those things was they believed that if you weren't circumcised, then you didn't know Christ. But it, like that was just one of the examples of them saying, hey, yeah, Jesus is good, but you gotta, it's got to be Jesus plus you being a really good person. You have to do these things if you're actually going to be saved, come into a relationship with God. They were saying it's not just Jesus, it's also what you do. So here's what's happening. Peter's over here hanging out with his Gentiles, brothers and sisters. Like, what's up, y'all? They're having fellowship. Within the halos, two tight people. But in, the, in chapter 2, it calls them the circumcision party, which what a weird name, right? Like, I'm not voting Republican, Democrat. I'm voting circumcision party. Like, that's a way to lose some friends, right? Um, so, he said, well. Uh, so, the halos, two tight people end up, end up in uh, Antioch, I believe. So y'all come, yeah, come, sorry, come this way. Sorry, like I said, I just thought of this like five minutes ago, so I'm doing my best to help you guys act this out. Well, Peter, being a Jew, when he realized these people around, let me ask you a question. Are we tempted to act different ways around different people? Oh, y'all struggle with that too. Okay, okay. So Peter, when he's with his Gentile friends, like he's hanging out with them, but then he finds out that these people who are all about the rules and saying it's not just Jesus, it's Jesus plus doing these things. When he finds out, they come around, and you know what he did? He was like, nah, nah, I don't know about y'all anymore, okay? He comes this way, away from the Gentiles, because, that's right, yeah. <laughs> because he starts, though he knows the truth, if you look at the scripture, it says he's acting as though he doesn't know the gospel. So he kind of, he's like, Acting as though, yeah, maybe you do have to follow all these rules. I don't know if Jesus is enough. And that's when Paul says, whoa, 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 whoa. Am I yelling a lot tonight? I feel like I'm yelling a lot. <laughs> Just a little bit. If you look in chapter 2, Paul says, I opposed Peter to his face. It's like Paul got a little bit salty with Peter. You know what I'm saying? As my friend Deborah says. like They had a little bit of beef <laughs> over the gospel. Because Peter was acting like it wasn't just Jesus that could save you, but that it was that Jesus plus being a good person. Let's give our helpers a hand real quick. Thanks, guys. Appreciate y'all's ministry. Oh, you're going off the front. Okay. Do people today, do a lot of people today, I'm going to ask two questions. Do a lot of people today like really truly believe that, okay, first of all, so I'm making the assumption they believe in God, believe in heaven. But do a lot of people today believe that if they're just good enough, like that they can get to heaven? Yeah, a lot of people believe that for sure. I'm not trying to pick, there may be people in this room that kind of have the idea that if I'm good enough, or maybe they would say like, yes, Jesus, I have to put my faith in him, but also I have to be good enough, that gets me into heaven. Maybe people in here like that, they believe that tonight. Um, and there are also people that maybe, like they wouldn't say that, but that's how they act, right? Like subconsciously, like, so maybe they say, yeah, it's all Jesus, but inside they kind of have this inner drive to like, oh, I have to be perfect for God to love me, Right? In that latter part, probably a lot of y'all are like, yeah, I kind of struggle with that. What, what's so dangerous about believing that it's Jesus plus something gets you into heaven? Like, like, 
Paul, he says he got in Peter's face. And I mean, he like wrote a book to the church at Galatia about this. Like I wrote a letter about it. He got pretty fired up. Like, What's the big deal? If you look in, in verse 15 of chapter 2, I, I think he's still really addressing, he like kind of still sharing the story of him um, getting in Peter's face, so to speak. But I think we can learn so much from it. Check this out. Verse 15. We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. And by the way, he's not being rude about Gentile sinners there. He's saying, look, Peter, you and me, like even we, like guys like us, we grew up, so you, I'm going to kind of use our terms to help us understand here. Like we grew up good church boys. Like we grew up very religious, knowing all the rules, knowing what to do and what not to do. Not like Gentile sinners. He's not being mean. He's saying like, yeah, we're not like other people who could care less about God's word, could care less about like living a good life. Like we grew up kind of good church people and still, look what he says. Yet, so that's where the and still came from. Yet, we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we, so Paul's saying, Peter, you and me too, bro, even though we're, like good church people, again, I'm like, he wouldn't have said church people, just trying to help us understand there. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified, to come to a right relationship with God by faith in Christ and not by works of the law because, so here's why it's so dangerous, here's why Paul's so riled up, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. The Bible teaches that you can't be good enough to go to heaven. It's not about a bunch of rules. It's not about, like, oh, let me impress God. No one will be justified by works of the law. Who? No one. Doesn't matter who you are, what your past is, what you think your future will be, no one will be justified. No one will get to have a relationship with God through what they do. So, why is it so important that we place our faith for salvation in Jesus alone and his grace? Meaning, so faith is kind of the idea that I come to God with empty hands saying, God, I believe in you and I want to trust in you and really commit my life to you. I've got nothing. But I realize that Jesus has everything, that he lived a perfect life for me, that he died for me and loves me. And so I want to give my life to you. And in that moment, again, like what I mentioned earlier, God not just forgives your sin, he also credits you with the righteousness of Jesus. Sorry, I'm struggling. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> with the righteousness of Jesus. So it's like he, he looks at you as though you lived the life of Jesus, a perfect life. So again, why is it so important that we, it's Jesus, like faith in Jesus and not in not faith in Jesus plus being a good person or not just being a good person because no one will be justified. No one will have a relationship with God through what they do. No one. And then you, you may say, well, like, if it's not about, like, what you do, it's not about how good you are, then does that mean Jesus, like, doesn't really care and that he kind of, like, encourages sin? Paul was kind of being accused of that, and he addresses that in verse 17. Check it out. But if, but if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? 
What's he say? Absolutely not. Certainly not. So he's saying, I love, <laughs> I love this. So he's saying, so in trusting Christ, if it all of a sudden it kind of is revealed and like the walls come down and everyone sees that, that we're sinners too, does that mean that Jesus encourages sin, promotes sin? And the reason he says absolutely not is because there is no us versus them. Like this whole, if I could just grab these signs again. Yeah. There is no good people over here bad people over here. So, so now Jesus is saying, oh, I actually like these people. No, Jesus is saying, we're all messed up. We're all sinful and broken. So there is no us versus them, and all of a sudden, oh, now we're found out to be sinners, and Jesus wants us to sin. No, he's saying we're all sinners. Verse 18, for if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. So if, if I decide... If I say, you know what, I'm afraid that like maybe it is a little bit about what I do and that I should be a good person, that I need to like obey all these rules, like, like live this perfect life for God to love me and for God to accept me. The problem is if I rebuild that, if I go back, so, so I, I place my faith in Christ and then I go back to trying to earn all this stuff. The problem is God's word and like the Old Testament laws of like the moral code all it does is just show me that, that I'm a sinner, right? The more I try to live by the law and live this perfect life, the more I realize I'm really messed up. Does that make sense? Like the harder I try to, on my own, like, all right, I'm going to be a good person, the more I realize, man, I'm really messed up. Like I, I'm a very broken person. I think that it kind of carries the idea in verse 19. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. If you look at Romans 3, I think it's, you don't have to turn there. I think it's Romans 3, uh, 10 or 3.20. Let me double check for you. Um, 3.20, it says that through the law comes knowledge of sin. So when, when, I, when I try to live up to this moral code of being perfect, even like you can say the Ten Commandments, I'm going to do all this just right. What it does is it teaches me what sin is. And if you look at, you can look over here because it's really easy to find, in Galatians 3, verse 10, it says, For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. So Paul was saying to Peter, Look, I, we can try, you could try to live by the law. I've tried that before. But the more I try to live this perfect life and, and, like, and follow all of God's commandments... The more and like and, and try to use that to earn my favor with God, to earn a relationship with God. All the law does is show me that I'm broken and sinful. And like it says, so I'm gonna give up on that. <laughs> through the through not through through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. Saying, Peter, I quit trying to earn a relationship with God through what I do, because that gets me nowhere. I quit that. So I could have a relationship with God. So I could come alive to God. And again, how do you come to a relationship with God? Through what? Through faith in Christ, right? Yeah. You, you come into a relationship with God not through what you do, but through faith in Christ. Verse 20 this is a famous verse that I feel like I have maybe thought, understood, and didn't really until this week. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. 
And the life I live in the body or flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I think Paul was telling Peter and he's saying to us, he's saying, hey, here's my mindset. It's, I've gone so far to the extent of like realizing that my, my relationship with God is not dependent or based on what I do. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. Like it's not about me it's all, at, at all. It's all about who? Jesus. It's not about what I've done or who I am or what I could do. It's all about what Jesus has done, who he is, and what he's doing. I've been crucified with Christ. I love this. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. So he's saying this. When, when I'm in class, when I'm at work, when I'm at my apartment, when I'm with my family, when I'm at the gym, when I'm wherever, my relationship with God and how close I feel to him and, and my standing before him and his love for me, I'm not like gonna trust in what I do, who I am, or what I think I might could do. I'm not gonna base it on that. He's saying it's all faith in Jesus. So it's not like, oh man, because sometimes, I'm not you guys, sometimes you wake up and you're just kind of in a bad mood, Right? You're just like, man, God just feels kind of distant today. If my relationship with God is based on that, if I live my life based on that, man, that's hopeless and scary, right? And, and really fickle. Paul's saying, I, I live my, this life, very concrete idea in the flesh. I mean, like, so when I get up at whatever time you get up and I like stare at myself in the mirror and get the day going, my relationship with God is not based on me. It's based on Jesus. I'm choosing to trust in who Jesus is and what he's done for me and what he will do. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So he's saying, man, he's telling Peter and I think telling us, how can we forget what Jesus has done for us? He loved us and gave himself to the point of death on a cross. And then verse 21, I think, man, sums up this big idea of this passage beautifully. He kind of finishes that thought. He, said, that thought. he says, I do not nullify the grace of God. For if righteousness were through the law, so like in our terms, through trying to be a good person, then Christ died for no purpose. And that's heavy. If I could earn it, if I could be good enough to have a relationship with God, then Jesus didn't even have to come. Like, why did he even come if I could do it on my own? So he, he's telling Peter, and I think telling us, so why in the world would you, like, try to earn this relationship with God and try to earn favor with him on your own when he's, when he's come and offered it to you in grace? Say, don't waste grace, right? Embrace grace. You know, as humans, we, um, we struggle to get this. We often think that like, having a relationship with God, being a saint, so to speak, is about uh, our being good. But really, I love what one theologian said, a saint is someone who is not good, but who has experienced the goodness of God. <laughs> well, an author like Brennan Manning, um, he said kind of in thinking about this passage, he said, talking about sinners saved by grace, they risk everything on Jesus and knowing they don't have it all together are not too proud 
to accept the handout of amazing grace. They don't have it all together. They'll just accept grace. We, like I said a second ago, we struggle with this, and I think we, we drift away from embracing grace all the time. And that's really um, why the Protestant Reformation had to happen. Like, what is that? So on October 31st, we also celebrate uh, the Reformation, which is really exciting. Like, what is that? So um, for a long time, by the Reformation happened about, so this year was the 501st anniversary, right? Um, but for a long time, which let me say this before I say what I'm going to say, I believe that Catholics really can know Jesus and can be Christians, but sometimes they get confused on some things, just like a lot of people get confused on doctrine, Baptists as well. Um, but for a long time, in the 1500s, uh, or 500 years ago, the Catholics were teaching that you could be saved through what you did, or you could even like buy your salvation. Well, people like Martin Luther started reading the Bible. Specifically, you could even say, argue, started reading the book of Galatians and realized that it wasn't what you do, but it's what Jesus had done, right? That it was not about being a good person. It was about grace through faith. And so because of that, people begin to break away from the Catholic Church. And you say, where do all the denominations come from? Why do we have so many denominations? That's one of the reasons. Because in the Reformation, all these people begin to break away from the Catholic Church and start new churches because they were trying to embrace grace. Again, I want to say this. I think a lot of Catholics do embrace grace, but a lot of them are still confused on how can you have a relationship with God. I love what um, <laughs> one man, he was writing about the Reformation, trying to like sum up... Um, the, like, what happened in the Reformation. And I want to read this to you because I think it's a good picture of what should happen when we understand grace or, like, why grace isn't so important. He says, the, Refor the Reformation was a time when men went blind, staggering drunk because they had discovered in the dusty basement of late medievalism a whole cellar full of 1,500-year-old, 200-proof grace of bottle after bottle of pure scripture, one sip of which could convince anyone that God saves us single-handedly. The word of the gospel, after all those centuries of trying to lift yourself into heaven by worrying about the perfection of your bootstraps, suddenly turned out to be a flat announcement that the saved were home before they even started. Grace has to be drunk straight. No water, no ice, and certainly no ginger ale. <laughs> Neither goodness nor badness, nor the flowers that bloom in the spring of super spirituality can be allowed to enter into the case of grace. It has to be pure grace. Y'all, your relationship with God has absolutely nothing to do with how good you are. It has to do 100% with everything about who Jesus is and what he's done for you. Why in the world do you have this stupid bike on stage? Let me tell you. I was trying to get some cardio in while I'm preaching, you know what I'm saying? Being dad life. Um, I, think, I think there's two, uh, this Zach. <laughs> Zach and I were like taking bets on what would happen if I just boop off the stage. Um, I think there's two kinds of people here. I need to, I'm going to try to be quick here. So first person. I'm going to say this person is, is, in God's eyes, not a Christian. And I think here's what happens in their life. 
Um, <laughs> they're working and running towards, or I say cycling, towards trying to have a relationship with God, trying to know him. So it's like, oh, man, I got to do better. I got to make sure I go to church, which is a good thing. I got to read my Bible, which is a good thing. Um, maybe it's like, okay, I, I got baptized when I was young. That's good. Whatever it is, they're working towards, towards trying to know God. And based on what's happening on stage right now, where, how far do their works get them? Nowhere. Now, you know what? If I stood up here or sat up here long enough, I could work up a sweat. Even now, I'm like, oh, I got a long sleeve shirt on. It's a little toasty in here, right? <laughs> I could work up a sweat and get nowhere. Some of y'all, that, that's, that's where you're at in your life. Like you've worked up a lot of religious activity. Maybe your parents made you be a religious person or whatever. But all that gets you nowhere into a relationship with God. Grace is realizing that while you're cycling your little heart out, that Jesus is standing over here. Like, so if this is, if this is relationship with God, um, this represents being justified. You're over there cycling your heart out and Jesus is saying, hey, I, I already won the race for you, bro or girl. Like, I, like, I would love to just put this on you and you can quit trying so hard and like salvation is free I, I, I did it for you like I see you're trying but you're not getting anywhere like I offer forgiveness and grace and love so turning to Jesus means like getting off of your, your bike of self-righteousness and works and wearing your halo too tight and realizing hey I can't get it on my own I'm just going to turn to Jesus <laughs> some of y'all tonight need to get off the bike and turn to Jesus for salvation quit depending on maybe the fact that you were baptized at a young age or that you have gone to all these youth camps or you read your Bible or whatever. Like that, those are good things, but that doesn't save you. A lot of you in the room tonight are, are like me in that, so you have gotten off the bike, you've turned to Jesus and he's like, oh, hello. <laughs> oh, don't drop grace. Um, he's like, he's, oh, sorry, Angel. He's given you, like, he's, he saved you. He's placed his righteousness on you. He's forgiven you. But for some reason, so many of us, including me, we have this like instinct in our gut to say, hey, Jesus, thank you. I appreciate it. But subconsciously, we have this feeling of like, man, I, I, need, to keep, I need to keep riding. Like, I, I need to keep trying because, because if I don't keep trying, I'm not sure God is like going to be happy with me or I, I'm not sure he, he really loves me. So we, we, we keep riding. And then we have like a stray thought, meaning that like we have a, a thought we shouldn't have and we feel guilty the rest of the day because we're like, oh, so I got to try harder. Or we see someone who's walking pretty good in their walk with Christ and we're like, man, they're farther than me. God, I want you to love me like you love them. Oh, wrong way. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pedal harder. I'm going to kick up the gears a little bit. Or, man, like, I missed my devotional, like, two days this week, which you should do your devotional, a little side note there. But, man, I missed my devotional. I just feel like I'm so distant from God. I feel like he's mad at me. So you pedal harder, and God's saying, hey, hey, you're not getting anywhere on your own. If you're reading Galatians 3, Paul says, hey, look, y'all, you started with Jesus. You started with grace by faith, and that's how you're going to grow. <laughs> That's how you get somewhere, not by your own goodness, but by Jesus. 
so Jesus is inviting a lot of you as believers tonight to quit trying to do everything on your own and to rather imagine him standing over here and he's saying, hey, I want you to have a joy-filled, grace-filled, love relationship with me. Why don't you quit trying to do all that like work stuff on your own and walk with me and let me live my life through you. Man, a lot of us live in shame and guilt and frustration with our walk with God because we're trying to do it on our own. And, and again, Jesus says, hey, get off the bike and trust my righteousness. Are you with me? Grace means that in the middle of our struggle, the referee blows the whistle and announces the end of the game. We are declared winners and sent to the showers. It's over for all huffing, puffing piety to earn God's favor. It's finished for all sweat-soaked straining to secure self-worth. It's the end of all competitive scrambling to get ahead of others in the game. Grace means that God is on our side and thus we are victors regardless of how well we have played the game. We might as well head for the showers and the champagne celebration. If you're not a Christian tonight, you've, you've never got off the bike and just accepted the forgiveness and grace and righteousness of Jesus. Man, as we're singing these songs, um, I'll be in the back here in a second. I would love to talk with you. Maybe when you go to a connect group, uh, I know your connect group host will love to talk with you afterwards about what it means to trust Jesus. And hopefully you already get it. And you're like, hey, I, you just want to tell somebody. I, yeah, tonight I trusted Jesus and I want somebody to know. We love to know. Or maybe as a believer, as we sing these songs, you need to spend a little time talking with God and say, God, help me to turn from trusting in myself and, and thinking I can earn like a good relationship with you by what I do and just to turn and trust, trust you in every moment. And y'all, I don't want to chase this rabbit, but the gospel, when you realize that Jesus has already won the race for you and you can get off your bike, is really good news. But we got to start sharing that with people. <laughs> so many people we encounter have this, well, if I'm good enough, God will love me of you. And man, what good news to say, hey, like, ultimately, yes, God does care about how you live. Like, he doesn't want you just to, like, run from heaven and live in sin. But ultimately, that's not what saves you. Man, he loves you. He lived a perfect life for you. He wants you to just like accept that forgiveness and grace and love and have a relationship with him. Like, we got to start sharing that. That's good news. Man, his victory is our victory. I want to pray for us. And then I hope that y'all will sing with us, rejoice in these truths and reflect on what God's telling you. And like I said, I'll be in the back if you want to talk, all right? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for the gospel of grace. As foolish and crazy as it may seem to us, God, we know that we can't earn it. We can't, we don't deserve it, but you offer grace and love and forgiveness. And I pray that as we sing on these songs, God, we would, we would meet with you. And Lord, if there's someone that doesn't know you, that you would draw them to yourself. Um, and Lord, I pray for believers. I pray for encouragement in the gospel of grace, that they would realize um, that because of the cross, that you are no longer distant, that you are, are not against them, but God, that you are for them. And you want them to
to experience and sense the living water inside of them. God, you want them to, to know the living hope they have in you. But God, we can't experience that if we're huffing and puffing for our own righteousness, God. So help us to trust and rest in your victory, even in this moment. Thanks for listening to The Journey Podcast. You can learn more about The Journey by checking us out on Instagram or Facebook. Just search for at the journey LBK.